Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Monday Hustle. I am Megan, and I'm here with the Hustle Podcast. This is how I hustle. Coming at you with another great episode. Uh, Finishing off season one here soon. Only a couple more weeks for me. But I have some other exciting news, and that is my website for my podcast is finally up. It is www.thehustlepod.com. So take a minute, go check it out. You have all of my podcasts there with the blogs and everything. And I think the only thing that isn't going to be up and running is the little shopping portion because I have to get the back end of my other business website up and running and it's just taking longer. But I would rather have a good product for you guys than a rushed product because quality is better than quantity. So... There's also a sweet contact form if you have any questions, and that is another way that you can uh, ask to feature your hustle other than Instagram if you don't have one. No problem. I have it covered. So take a second to check out thehustlepod.com. Let me know what you think. Enjoy the one-stop show uh, for all my podcasts and blogs and everything. I've been working on this for a little bit now. All right, I think we're ready to start the podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. morning everybody so we just passed the tax deadline of april 15th right um normally april 15th but hello covid19 again hot topic in almost all my podcasts lately but uh i think most of you are aware of the tax deadline getting pushed to the right so i wanted to um talk about taxes kind of a bird's eye view really um I definitely had no idea what I was getting into when I first started my business or established it as an LLC in California with taxes. I'll get to that in a second. Um, so wanted to do this kind of as a, like I said, like a bird's eye view, very brief, broad overview. Um, not going to go into too many specifics because you could probably go down a rabbit hole, but felt that it should be good to be covered, especially since our tax deadlines have changed, which kind of never happens, right? So the recent deadline changed from April 15th for quarter one to July 15th, um, and that includes filing and payment for personal and business. Quarter two and following remains the same deadline of the 15th of June, September, and December. So technically, yes, that means your quarter two taxes are due before your quarter one. I think what's important to note before we kind of get really started into this um, episode is that I'm not an accountant. I'm not a professional. This isn't legal advice. It's just kind of a place to start. Um, Always consult an expert if you don't know what you're doing. Um, You can Google it and everything like that, but um, you need to go over your own tax policies and procedures. And then there are some websites out there I've seen that'll kind of take your money and not provide services. So you just got to be really careful. Um, there's a lot of startup. Okay, let me backtrack. There's a lot of websites out there that will market themselves as a must have for your startup. They'll do X, Y, and Z for your paperwork. They'll file this and this and, uh, you know, check the reviews, check it with the um, uh, Better Business Bureau or Small Business Association. Um, you just got to make sure that if you're paying someone online, that it's legit. Uh, but you know, if you get a professional uh, in person, like you can call them, you can talk to them, 
you're probably going to have a better time if you are able to spend the money. Uh, but if you're not able to spend the money and get a consultant, then uh, just do your due diligence, reach out to other entrepreneurs, other business owners, ask for their help and experience in taxes and everything. So with that being said, quick disclaimer of my personal life here. Just got a new dog. Uh, she's very yip yappy. And so you might hear her barking in the background. Apparently I have a very sensitive podcast mic. Um, and in case you didn't know, I podcast from home. I run everything from my home office. So that's a little bit about me. So, so sorry if it picks up and I'm on a roll talking, I would rather kind of get my message across than stop, edit out little barks and everything. So Taxes. All right. So another important thing is laws for taxes vary by state. And I'm in California, so I'm going to talk about California as a basis. But um, so you're in luck if you're in California. But if you're not, then just definitely look it up. You're probably better off because California is an awful state to start a business in, at least in LLC. Uh, So due diligence, check your own state laws, double check the differences. And even the filing or payment schedules can be different. So that being said, check your own state and make sure you understand what you're doing with your business before you establish it. Uh, Don't do what Megan did and establish an LLC before understanding California state laws. So I definitely would have done a sole prop if I had known, but it's okay. I'm here. I'm an LLC, so I'm going to go with it. So don't use any of the advice here or that you find here anywhere else for that matter to get out of legal responsibilities. You got to be ethical and do things the right way. We all pay taxes and it's not fun, but it's important. Speaking of being ethical, I want to touch and or highlight something I see a lot uh, because I'm on Instagram all the time with my business. So part of being ethical and doing business the right way is setting up your business to be able to sell legally. So Shopify, um, e-commerce in general, you have Etsy, all these other Um, selling websites, it is very easy to set it up, set up whatever it is you're going to sell, be it dropship shirts or shirts that you hold inventory on or candles or you name it, right? You can sell anything. They make it very easy. And so I've seen more often than not, people just kind of start up and they start selling right away, like within a day which is doable, right? But there's a lot of things that you have to do to be legal. So I don't want to say that a lot of people, you know, aren't legal and aren't doing it the right way. Uh, But I would say that there's probably a good portion of people that don't, that that are not legal. So if they ever get audited by the IRS, um, you know, they have to account for the fact that, hey, they had this income or on their bank bank statements that they never paid sales tax on or income tax on um, or self-employment tax, things like that. So uh, just be mindful of that. If this is something that you want to do, just try to be legal. Um, I would set up a game plan for when you want to start selling things and you can, you can easily work within that to be legal within your County and your city. Um, And that's another thing too, is that if um, to be able to sell legally, it kind of depends on your county or the city you're in. So I moved cities and the requirements are different in California um, in each city for having a home business. And actually the one I moved to, the city I moved to, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit more difficult and I'm working through it, but hello, COVID-19 strikes again and uh, it's kind of holding me up getting legalized. But it's kind of a gray area because I'm legal in my last city. 
So if I were to sell something right now, I'm not personally going to sweat it because I'm legal. I just have moved and I have been unable to update my information because of COVID-19. So it's very situational. So that is my bit of having an ethical business, being legal, doing things legit. And also for me, it gives me a really good peace of mind that my business is 100%. Like no one can come at me and say, hey, Megan, are you doing this the wrong way? And I'm going to say, no, I'm not. I'm legal. I have a seller's permit. I have a home permit uh, for operating out of my house. I have a business account. I walk the talk, walk the walk and talk the talk. So that being said, just be ethical, do it smart and make a plan. And one last note too, I just kind of thought of this is that I've literally had people tell me or on um, Instagram to go ahead and start selling things, make a couple grand and then make yourself legit. So it was kind of funny to me when someone told me that because I just, in my head, I'm like, well, why don't I just be legit to begin with and then I can sell and not have to do any backtracking. So just food for thought. That's my opinion. You are welcome to disagree with that or have a discussion with me. Uh, let me know on the contact form. I would love to hear your thoughts. And then uh, we can talk about it. Um, absolutely. So moving on. There are types of taxes that you have to pay. And the first is income tax. And this is a primary tax that's referred to. It's the one you file for yearly and your business either pays quarterly or a yearly tax payment for. Those dates depend on whether you operate a corporation, a partnership, an S corp, or a sole proprietorship. So I just kind of threw a lot at you between those four. So let's start by talking about sole proprietorships and single member LLCs. They use a tame, the same tax schedule as individuals and for most states are filed as the individual with the 1040 form with the addition of a Schedule C portion. So what does that mean? Uh, at least personally, I can relate to this 100%. I'm a single member LLC and I file my taxes as if I were a sole proprietorship. Um, and I, so I file it with my personal taxes. So I went one day this year, back in March, um, and filed it all together and got it done. And it's very easy if you're you are a single member LLC, and I can I can speak to that with certainty that that's how it works. So, but you know it kind of gets more complicated or different per se if you are organized differently or structured differently as a business. An S corporation or a partnership, including LLC partnerships, the return was due March 16th, 2020, or the 15th day of the third month after the end of your organization's tax year. Corporations can have various tax filing deadlines, and it should be defined in your corporate resolution. Also, state income tax due dates can vary. Check your state tax website for your uh, due dates. And so in California, my tax organization. It's called the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration. So they actually have certain thresholds as well of your income uh, as with your business that you have to uh, pay sales tax quarterly or yearly. So just kind of be aware of the state's structure or hierarchy for when you pay sales tax or income tax, things like that. Uh, but we will get to sales tax in just a second. The next tax we're going to talk about is employment tax. And this includes payroll withholdings and unemployment tax payments. This is submitted semi-weekly or monthly, depending on your filing status. 
Also, year-end tax documents like the W-2 that you are responsible for. And the accountant that hopefully that you are able to have help you can help you with this. Next, let's talk about sales tax. This is a percent of tax that you collect and remit for any sales you make. Some things are sometimes excluded, such as food, clothing, and services, but this changes drastically state to state. I'll say that again. Changes drastically state to state. So just make sure you're aware of your state's uh, rates, right? So this payment is usually due depending on the volume of your sales, just like I said. The more that you sell, the more often you'll need to pay it. Uh, California is pretty much quarterly, so that's what I'm set up for. There are some states with no sales tax, and that's Alaska, Delaware, Montana, New Hampshire, and Oregon. So congratulations, I think that's awesome. <laughs> if you sell online, you may be responsible for paying sales tax to multiple states. The Balanced Small Business has a great article on its sales tax that can get complicated super fast. Um, yeah, so sales tax can be tricky, so just kind of got to be aware of that and uh, keep track of your sales through whatever accounting firm you have, person, or accounting software like QuickBooks. Um, there's more out there other than QuickBooks, but that's just what I use, but I'm actually about to switch out of QuickBooks, but that is a topic for another podcast. <laughs> so, all right, tax, excise tax. This is a tax added to certain items when they are manufactured. It's a lot like customs and where it only applies to certain goods at a certain time when they come into existence instead of when they cross the border. Certain businesses, including manufacturers, retailers, breweries, and trucking companies, pay excise tax. It can be on the sale of a specific good like tobacco or on an activity like semi-trucks driving on a highway. Depending on industry-specific requirements, excise tax is paid monthly, quarterly, or annually. So I'm going to be upfront with you. I have no idea about excise tax personally. I don't pay it with my business. So uh, just kind of, again, due diligence. If this thing, if you even think it applies to you, uh, please do the research and learn more about it. So, so I've mentioned getting help, right? So let's talk about the pros of hiring a pro. Most of you probably already knew it, but when we get into forms and things or files, we just probably don't know what's going on and it can get dicey and that's where it's so helpful to have an accountant so for instance um, I ran into this guy who filed my taxes and it was through the military um, for free and uh, my husband is in the military so we filed together and went through the on base resource and he actually runs his own side business of small business consulting and he said something he had like a flat rate like a thousand dollars or something. I told him, I was like, look, I can't afford that. I was like, I want your help. You're doing great. You're giving me a lot of advice, but I can't afford that. I could pay you in installments. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Instantly. He just instantly said yes, because he's more, and he was more interested in helping a small business than um, getting a flat rate of a thousand dollars for whatever. So I do have that resource in my back pocket. I absolutely 100% plan on spending the money to have him help me. Uh, before I even start selling or uh, for the quarterly sales tax or just a quarterly consulting of, hey, look at my books. Am I good? Will I be good for taxes next year? So just kind of, I kind of lucked into that and I'm glad I did because he has already helped me so much with my first year of taxes for my business. So 
accountants, there's a lot of things accountants can do, right? So they can keep you on track with all the various deadlines and schedules and double check your accounting taxes and forms. They can follow all the changing laws and regulations and sort out how they affect you. Do financial analysis and make suggestions for ways to invest and save in your business. They can also keep you aligned with laws and help prevent an IRS audit. Also, they can explain all the financial statements in terms that work for you, that you can understand. It's very important to understand what's going on with your business. They can help you set up and maintain your bookkeeping process and programs. Create documents for employees at the end of the year and as needed throughout the year. And most of all, they can save you time and energy and headache when it comes time to file your taxes. So I just don't want you guys to hit the you know tax time and then you know be pulling your hair out or spending 10 hours a day trying to get your books right uh, because you just either don't know what you're doing or you didn't keep up on it, you didn't have the help you needed, things like that. It's wonderful to have an accountant to do your bookkeeping and taxes for your business, but many small businesses can't pay a full-time CPA. However, you can hire a consultant to review your books and file for you, kind of like what I did. Or at the very least, have your accountant review your paperwork. He or she will be able to find glaring errors and help you improve as well. And the guy that I ended up going to, he knew he knew actually kind of like a lot of workarounds too. Um, how to qualify more space in my house as part of my business. Um, how to handle donations for my business and sponsorships and uh, getting money back for using my internet, my electricity and water and things like that to run my business out of my home. So he taught me a lot. And so they have a lot of information that you can just kind of soak in and use going forward, even if you only pay them on a consulting basis. Okay, so now we talked about the types of taxes, why or what the pros are of hiring an accountant are. But let's talk about software. So you can do bookkeeping or accounting and taxes with pen and paper or an Excel spreadsheet, which, uh, side note, if you do it with Excel, props to you because that's some skill. <laughs> so I just, I'm not, I'm not well versed in Excel or the formulas and all that. So there's a lot of great programs out there that help you become more efficient and accurate. But the more complicated your business is, the more complex of a software you will need. The first ter- like tax software is in- that we're going to talk about is Intuit TurboTax. And it can be an an expensive option, but it has a lot of benefits and a long history of being reliable and helpful. So first, it's easy to use. And um, if you use it consistently, it'll pull in previous year information to make filing quicker. It integrates with QuickBooks to help pull your business finances easily. Uh, I think if you remember, I talked about it earlier. Right now, my business is set up on Intuit QuickBooks. So if I had used TurboTax to file my taxes, I could have pulled it from QuickBooks to TurboTax and it would have been pretty simple. You can have an accountant through their system um, help review your paperwork. It's kind of like a pop-up chat thing. And they have a lot of repetitive error checks and audit protection. Uh, Easy to use and understand. And every question that they ask you has an explanation. So you kind of understand why it needs that information. It's quick to start and quick to file and guaranteed largest return on your money back. Another one is H&R Block. I'm sure we've all heard of them. Uh, Slightly less expensive than TurboTax. It's preferred if you already are using Xero for your accounting, X-E-R-O, 
or have an extremely complicated setup. So it's quick and easy to import the previous year's tax info, even from a competitor. They have free audit representation if needed and access to tax professionals for help. And they have zero accounting integrations. Zero is another um, like books, bookkeeping software. And it's great, it's great for complex itemization and deductions. So that wraps up H&R Block. And another one that uh, might not be as heard of as much is Liberty Tax. So have you ever seen someone on the side of the road dressed up as Lady Liberty and twirling a sign? Yeah, that's probably uh, Liberty Tax advertising, actually. They have free educational courses so you know what it is you are doing with your taxes. Free audit support, filing support in chat, email, or even in person, which is super cool. They have a double check system. And if you get stuck or want to talk face-to-face, -face, you can visit one of their brick-and-mortar locations for additional help. Next up, we have Free Tax USA, and it's by far the best if you're on a budget. Free Tax USA offers only limited support and amenities, but is excellent for a much smaller fraction of the cost. They offer integration of previous tax information even from competitors. They have email support, chat support, and audit assistance if you need it. Federal filing through them is free, and for states, it only costs $12.95. If you have a simple business, this is a great option for you. It's cheap, it's affordable, and if it's like if you're a solo entrepreneur or a freelancer, this is probably going to be a good, like, quick way to get it done. But whichever software you choose, be certain that it's reliable, accurate, up-to-date, with all the latest tax laws and changes. Just be sure to pick a service that fits your knowledge level, budget, and the help that you know you might need with filing. On a personal note with this, I stopped using TurboTax to file my taxes years ago. Um, I just, I don't know, it was kind of hard. Honestly, this is going to be a terrible excuse. But it was just, I never could remember my passwords and everything. And so it just kind of got frustrating for me to try to log in there year after year. Um, I finally took my business to H&R Block to the, one of the brick and mortars and filed through there last year. Um, and like I said, this year I went through a military source that was free or very cheap if it did cost anything. And um, I personally like having someone do my taxes for me because I love, I love the assurance that it's done correctly and that I didn't mess anything up or that... They looked through everything and I'm getting the most money back and that I didn't miss anything, right? So um, that's just my thing. I think the softwares are great. And if you have the patience and confidence and um, you can afford some of the better options, then by all means do it because it could probably save you a lot of time if you're super busy and can't make a brick and mortar type appointment. So... That is kind of software as a nutshell, very quick overview. But above all, I said it earlier, I want you to walk the walk and talk the talk for your business. With wrapping up for today, it's important that we understand taxes and follow the laws that pertain to your business with precision. I'm telling you, you have to be exact. For instance, California is very particular that you talk the talk and walk the walk to prove you're a legitimate business. What do, I, what do I mean by this, right? I mean that, at least for an LLC, you have to have your business, um, your business accounts separate from your personal accounts or your business assets separate from your personal assets. 
What does that mean? It means that if I collect income from a customer, it can't go to my personal account. It needs to go to my it needs to go to my business account. It means that if I am sued, I can bankrupt my LLC and my personal assets are protected. That's the whole point of getting an LLC, limited liability corporation. It limits your liability. It helps you in case you do get into a lawsuit and you have to bankrupt. It protects your personal assets. And if you are not acting like a business, walking the walk, talking the talk, they can go after your personal assets, even if you are an LLC. It's very important that you establish that boundary and you act like a business. Not only is that important on a state level or really a federal level with the IRS, um, the accountant professional that helped me file my taxes, he kind of let me know that, hey, if, if within five years, if you don't post a positive year or you don't have a profit, they'll dissolve your LLC. And at that point, the IRS can even take it a step further and make and investigate you and see if what you're doing isn't a hobby, vice an actual business. And if it is deemed a hobby, they can go in and tax you differently for the last five years than what you were taxed as a business, which is probably going to be a very expensive and bad thing. So it is very important that even if say, hey, I failed for five straight years, which if you do that, props to you for trying for five straight years because you don't fail without trying, but you also don't succeed without trying. So that's you. You know what? Whatever. And I might hit that too. Who knows? But I'm going to try my best not to. So my point is that as you, you can fail for five straight years, but if you walk the walk and talk the talk and you are a business, you separate your assets, you talk um, and advertise yourself as such, then they can't, they can't deem that you're a hobby and tax your income differently and take a lot of your money. So this come out my own little personal two cents on that. But in all states, it's good to follow the basic accounting best practices. And we can cover this in more detail in a future podcast for sure. But here's just a taste of some of the good ideas to follow in your business. Just a sprinkle, just a hint. So separate your business and personal finances in different bank accounts and with different tracking accounts. Keep a detailed record of your transactions and receipts to prove them, which if you have a accounting or um, bookkeeping software, it'll make it much easier. Regularly review your financial statements and be up to date on how your business was performing financially. I plan to do this quarterly because I have to personally pay uh, sales tax quarterly in California. Even if I don't hit the income level uh, threshold that they require, I still plan to do it quarterly just uh, really for peace of mind and I really don't want to take a big hit at the end of the year. So next up we have keeping your records in a secure and safe place with backups. Stick to a schedule also and regularly attend to your bookkeeping and keeping it up to date, which will uh, take less time and energy if you do keep it up to date in the long run and make it much easier come tax time. So I will share my little mess up here. Um, in my excitement to start my own business and um, be an LLC, I really didn't do a whole lot of research on differences between a sole prop and an LLC. And I saw all these people on Instagram. I was like, oh, they're an LLC. Like, I got to be an LLC. That's what I got to do. Like, that's the way, right? 
And so I did it, right? I successfully established it. And then I realized in California, if you are an LLC, they charge you 800 a year, $800 a year to exist in California. <laughs> That's why sometimes this state is awful. Like I hate living here. Um, yeah, so just 800 for nothing, just, just to be an LLC, they charge you, right? That's kind of crazy, but... So that's why um, I'm just saying, just be sure of your state's laws. If you're starting out small, be a sole prop. And then if you get big, which congratulations, then you can transform into an LLC. Um, now that I am an LLC, it's kind of hard to go backwards. So I'm just going to stick with it and work to make a profit to be able to pay that 800 uh, whenever the extended filing is due. So that's just where Megan's at <laughs> and my own two cents on uh, personal experience with researching before you make any big moves financially with establishing a business and trying to make yourself legal. So I know this was kind of a lot to take in. We hit it pretty fast uh, around 30 minutes here, but I think taxes are super important part of kind of part of the cake, right? You have a foundational layers of your business, right? It kind of just helps one be whole and doing taxes right will um, set you up for success, really, because when you make it big, uh, you don't got to worry about the back end of your business not being legit, right? So that's where we're all trying to trying to be is making it big and being legit. So I want to say thanks again for tuning in for another episode of the Hustle Podcast. If you have an Instagram and you have a hustle, then tag me at Hustle podcast with the hashtag, this is how I hustle. So that way I'm able to feature your hustle on this podcast. I promise you it's going to be something great. Haven't done one yet, but it is coming. I, I'm sure, I'm sure one of you are going to do it. Um, I'm super excited. I definitely would love to share and other people's small businesses, entrepreneurship efforts, or whatever it is that your hustle is. Doesn't have to necessarily be something um, definable, but just let me know and uh, I'll share it and feature it. So thanks again for listening. Check out thehustlepod.com for all the blogs and other episodes that you might have missed out on. And stay tuned for next Monday for another great episode of The Hustle Podcast.